God is good. It's good to be in this place. God is good all of the time. He's good when we're away. He's good when we're here. He's good when things are going great. He's good when we can't see how things are going great. His love endures forever. I can't tell you how full my heart is with joy to be in this place, to see all of you, to watch you give out of gratitude to an amazing God, to be able to talk to you and to share with you about what God is doing, to be on this journey together. It's more than I deserve, but God is kind and merciful and good. What I want to share with you this morning is come January, when you walk through these doors, you will see on the outside, uh, this is a rendering of what it will look like, but on the sides, you will see scripture passages, not those exact scripture passages, that's a rendering. There will be eight verses that you will see on the two sides as you walk into this sanctuary. And today, as we are dedicating this sanctuary, I wanted to go over those eight verses with you and just read them to you and tell you very briefly why it is that we've chosen those verses and what it is that we are dedicating ourselves to with those verses. Number one, and most importantly of all, Matthew 16, 18 and Matthew 18, 20, which belong together. Jesus says, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. At no point in the scriptures is a personal pronoun used in connection with the word church except one. The Bible never refers to Paul's churches. The Bible never talks about our church. The Bible never addresses you and your church. There is only one time in all the scriptures where a personal pronoun is used in connection with the church, and it's here. Jesus says, it's my church. Jesus says, every church is my church, and the whole church is mine. And as we dedicate this sanctuary today, we are reminded this is not our church. It's not your church. It's not my church. It's his church. And we gather together in his name. Jesus is Lord of this place. He makes the decisions. He's the reason we come together. He's in charge and may do what he wants. This is his church. And he's promised us. With his word that cannot be false. That when we gather in this place. He will be present with us. Not when we're worthy. Not when we feel like experiencing his presence. Not when everything is going good. All of the time. When two or three gather together in my name. Jesus promises. I will be with you. And the great promise of God. Listen. This 
is the single defining feature of Christianity. This is the thing that differentiates us from all other people on the face of the earth. It is God's presence with us. From the Garden of Eden to the new heavens and the new earth. Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us. What differentiates us from all other people on the face of the earth is that the Lord is with us. And Jesus says, when we come to this place and when we gather in his name, he will be uniquely present in our midst. Number two, Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations forever and ever. Amen. We gather in this place in Jesus' name so that God will be glorified here. When Jesus is present with us, he has promised to do more than we could ever ask for or imagine. Every year of my life, this verse takes on new meaning. Because he keeps doing more and my imagination keeps expanding and he keeps surpassing all I can ask him to do or even imagine. That is the promise and it will be true for all of eternity. And we gather together so that God will be glorified in this place. Glorified when people come to faith. Glorified when people repent of their sins. Glorified when people commit themselves to follow him and to serve him. Glorified when people give because he's a great God. Glorified when people come to this place even though their lives have fallen apart to still worship Jesus when times are difficult. We dedicate ourselves to gather together to bring glory to Jesus. Number three, Psalm 150, verses one and six. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. This is his sanctuary. Not the building, but the people. But because this is where we gather, we call this space our sanctuary and when we gather in this place it is to praise his name it's to give honor to him we are not here to honor humans we are not here to praise humans we are here to give praise to God let everything that has breath to praise him with every possible musical instrument to praise him with singing to praise him with dancing to have everyone everyone that has breath old and young rich and poor, male and female, Caucasian, Arab, Jew, Korean, Hispanic, people of every tribe, nation, and tongue to gather together. Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. That's why we gather together in this place. Number four, John 4, 24. God is spirit. And his worshipers must worship him in the spirit and in truth. 
We dedicate ourselves to gather together in this place, not to worship in our own strength, but to worship in the power of the Holy Spirit. We did not make this happen. We have not gotten to this place by our strength or our might. It has been by God's Spirit. These 90-some years of God's faithfulness to us has been His Spirit at work within us. These 2,000-some years of God being faithful to His church has been His Spirit at work among us. Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will send my spirit who will empower you and guide you and lead you into all truth. And we dedicate ourselves to gather together in Jesus' name to worship him by the power that the spirit gives. To let the spirit choose the music and the preaching and the interactions. To allow the spirit to empower the gifts that he has placed among us in this church. And to do so in a way that is true and holy and right. Number five, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We gather together in this place not to hear the opinions of humans, not to look for human wisdom, but to listen to the word of God. Not just parts of the word of God, but the whole counsel of God as revealed to us in the scriptures. All scripture is God-breathed. Every chapter, every verse, every jot, every tittle, every part of it. And we dedicate ourselves to be people who listen to God's word. The whole thing is written to us and for us. And by God's word, he speaks to us today. And we dedicate ourselves to gather together to hear God's voice speaking to us in his word. Number six. 2 John verses 5 and 6. Love one another. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. We gather together not just to listen to God's word, but to do it. To be a people who gather in his name, to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord means we will obey him. Every good thing that's happened to us to this point, the reason we're in this beautiful sanctuary that God has given us is simply because we chose to obey. We chose to do what God is telling us to do and we dedicate ourselves. What got us here is going to keep us moving forward in the future. And foremost among all those commands is to love one another. Jesus says the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. We gather together in this place and dedicate ourselves to come to this place to first love God, then to love our neighbor, and then to think about ourselves. To gather together in this place to live out God's command so that we might be a caring family. That we might love one another in the strength that he provides. Jesus says, they will know you're my followers by the way you love each other. 
and we dedicate ourselves to being a people who are characterized by love. Number seven, Isaiah 56, seven. For my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. This is God's house. He owns every square inch of this place. Each one of us belongs to him and we are part of his household and his family through Jesus Christ. And God has said, my house will be a house of prayer. And we dedicate this space where we gather together to be a place where we pray. God is making us more and more of a praying church. May that continue forever and ever. God has said, what other nation is like your nation? To have their God near to them the way I am near to you when you pray. And we gather together in this space to offer prayers to God. Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer for all nations. Not for any one nation in particular. God loves all the nations of the world. And we dedicate ourselves to be a hospitable people. Just as God has welcomed us, we dedicate ourselves to be a place where people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation of the world can come and pray to God. And our request is the same as Solomon's request. Lord, when people who do not know you come from different lands or different places and come to this place and pray. Hear their prayer from heaven and answer that prayer so that they might know that you are a good and kind God. And our dedication is to welcome all people from all walks of life, from all nations into God's house. We get to express his hospitality to them. Finally, Number eight, Isaiah 6, 3. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. These are the words that the angels are saying now in heaven. When we gather together, we are leaving this space and joining the worship of heaven, glorifying the one true God. And this God will make his name known, and the whole earth will be full of his glory. And we dedicate ourselves to come to this place, not just to glorify God here, but to be transformed and take that glory into the whole world, in our workplaces, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in this city, in this country, in this world. The whole earth will be full of the glory of God. And just like Moses who went up the mountain and was in God's presence, so much so that his face was glowing, we dedicate ourselves to gather together weekly, to experience the risen Christ in this place so our hearts might be aglow with his glory so that we can go out into the whole world and spread the glory of God. Our God is the only God. He is loving. He is compassionate. He forgives our sins. He is gracious. 
He is merciful. His arm is all-powerful. He is the source of life. And the whole world needs to see his glory. We've chosen these eight verses so that when you come into this place, every week we are reminded of what we have dedicated ourselves to do. That every week we are reminded of what God has promised he would do. This is a sacred space. It's not a sacred space because of the building. It's a sacred space because God's people gather together in Jesus' name. And when we do, he is present with us. Amen? Amen. We now have the opportunity to formally dedicate this space to the Lord and to his use. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to invite all of our elders, current elders and former elders to come and join me up on the platform. While they're coming, we've asked Vernon Spears, who is one of our current elders, if he would read Haggai 2 for us as part of the dedication service. We've also asked Denny Bergaker, who is one of our former elders, uh, but is currently the chairman of the building committee, if he would offer the prayer of dedication as we give this space to the Lord. Vernon. On behalf of the elders, welcome back to Calvary. As we have gone through the journey of Grace Beyond, God led us to a number of different passages of the Bible to encourage us and guide us. One of those passages is the book of Haggai, where the temple is being rebuilt, and he specifically highlighted Haggai 2. Long after our construction manager chose December 18 as the day for us to be back here, the Lord reminded us of his promises to us in Haggai 2, but encouraged us to read it in the New Living Translation, which takes ancient dates and gives modern equivalents for them. Hear the word of the Lord and know that he has been faithful to his promises. Haggai 2, verses 10 and 15 through 19. On December 18 of the second year of King Darius' reign, the Lord sent this message to the prophet Haggai. Look at what was happening to you before you began to lay the foundation of the Lord's temple. When you hoped for a 20-bushel crop, you harvested only 10. When you expected to draw 50 gallons from the wine press, you found only 20. I sent blight and mildew and hail to destroy everything you worked so hard to produce. Even so, you refused to, to return to me, says the Lord. Think about this 18th day of December, the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Think carefully. I am giving you a promise now while the seed is still in the barn. You have not yet harvested your grain and your grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates, and olive trees have not yet produced their crops. But from this day onward, I will bless you. If you are able to... Um kneel while we pray uh, with me and the elders so if it's possible if you would kneel please if you're not not able to 
That's quite all right. But if you can kneel, please. Gracious God and Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for taking us on this journey we call Grace Beyond. We confess that on this journey we have at times been reluctant to follow you. We have tried to do things in our own wisdom and in our own strength. At times we have even questioned you and doubted that you were with us. Father, please forgive us for our lack of faith and unwillingness to be obedient to you. Lord, when we planned to build a whole new sanctuary, you intervened and said no, and that we were, we were to remodel what we had. When we planned to start the project as one phase, you said no, and that we were to fulfill our promise to you to give you a prayer garden where people could come to be with you. Lord, when we wondered where we would worship, you brought Calvin College to us. When we worried about the logistics of worshiping and doing ministry at Calvin, you made the way plain and even made it a fun part of the journey. When we didn't get all the money necessary to complete the project before we started, you made it clear to the elders that we were to proceed in faith and that you would provide. What we've been asked to do is obedient, to be obedient to your directions to us. Please forgive us when we failed along this journey. Thank you for not abandoning us when we failed. In your grace, you picked us up and carried us when we were weak and afraid. Father, each step we take, we realize that the journey is more about us drawing closer to you and becoming more like you than building a building. Your desire has always been to make us more like you. We had become comfortable with where we were as a church and you are using the Grace Beyond Project to energize us and change us to what you want us to be. Father, back in March, we dedicated the student ministries area and the prayer garden. We are so thankful for the blessings that these areas have been to so many people. These spaces are drawing more people into a closer relationship with you. Father, I pray that this is pleasing to you. Thank you for that affirmation that we are on the right path. Today, we take the next step in the journey where we celebrate the completion of this beautiful sanctuary and dedicate this space to you. Lord, it is in this space that we will meet together as your followers. It is here that we will sing praises in worship to you. It is here that we will lift up our prayers and bring our concerns to you. It is here that we will offer our money and ourselves to you. And Lord, it is here where we will receive a message from you each week, leaving here challenged by what we have learned to love and obey you more and more and to love others and to show your love for them. As we look forward to this next step on the journey where our children and grandchildren will have a greater space and a more secure space to be nurtured and trained and to love and follow you, we also look forward to having a larger fellowship space where we can build closer relationships with each other. We look forward to places where we can minister to those who are hurting and in need and to places where we can learn and be encouraged by participation in adult education classes. Father, today we celebrate the completion of this sanctuary, but we look forward to the many good things that you still have in store for us. 
Father, today we dedicate this place, this sanctuary to you for your use and for your glory. May we always remember that this is your house and not ours. May this always be a sacred place to us because it, because it is here that we meet with you and hear from you. I pray that each time we enter this sanctuary, that although it is a beautiful place, that we are in awe of this place because it is here that we fellowship you in a very special way. Father, I pray that for years to come, we will tell our children and our grandchildren of how you took us on the Grace Beyond journey. And as part of that journey, you gave us this beautiful place. Father, I close our prayer from the words of Paul in his letter to the Ephesians. Now to you, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is work within us, to you be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.